This is a class that I'm calling Vital Signs. Uh, we're mainly in 1 John, and uh, kind of what I'm thinking about, uh, I've been, been thinking about this class now for a number of months, is what it means to start a brand new year. I, you know, one of the nice things about the calendar and the clock is there's, it doesn't just go on and on and on. There's a certain rhythm to it all. And in just a matter of weeks, does anybody know how many weeks at this point? About what? Till, will you say finish your sentence? About how many weeks until the first of the year, roughly? Six? Six-ish. Six-ish till, till, the, till the first of the... And so, you know, it could really be valuable as, as we close out this year to, to just pay some attention to who we are and what kind of people we believe God's calling us to be, what kind of uh, wives, husbands, what kind of father, mothers, what kind of grandparent, what kind of friend, uh, maybe most of all, what kind of man or woman is God calling us to be. And so we're, we're looking at 1 John um, with that in mind. And we're looking at a few vital signs, uh, some things that John says about, uh, about following Jesus, about being a believer that are significant. Ty, could you analyze this, this, <laughs> this, this thing up here? This is Dr. Miller, by the way. If you'll comment on this, this little. I was just amazed at how, uh, how you thought of everything when you prepared this class. It's not as obvious here, but in church, the little logo, you know, where the, the heartbeat yes. is, that was actually an irregular heart rhythm. Yes. Actually, it could be fatal. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the way you thought of that. <laughs> so you're going to give us the antiarrhythmic medication. Sometimes you have class members that notice the little things. <laughs> he came up to me the other day and he said, you know, that person's in trouble. <laughs> I said, no, I didn't know that. Uh, but I guess I guess in, in a sense, we are in trouble if we don't pay attention to, uh, you know, j just th th I'm messing with Ty, but we are really in trouble if we don't pay attention to who we are. You know, uh, so that's that's what this is about. First of all, we've got to do something serious and that's check out the cartoons. There are going to be 10 of these. We're gauging laughter tonight. If any of them are worth a laugh, if I look at you and you're frowning, I'm thinking, whoa. And so this th these two characters here, the caption is, is liking myself on Facebook a sin, Pastor? Is that worth even a chuckle, maybe? <laughs> Not really, you say. Next, number two. Pastor Tim spends too much time on Facebook. At tonight's meeting, he tried to unelder me. <laughs> There's a little ripple there. Number three. And after half-heartedly watching you for 20 minutes, I'll meet you at the exit to evaluate your performance. I had to look at this for a moment, and then I read the caption underneath. This is Monday morning, and Pastor Mike gets even. Evidently, he followed that old boy to work. And uh, he's going to watch him for 20 minutes and evaluate him uh, at the exit. Eh, let's try the next one. 
All right, looks like some kind of meeting here. Okay. Caption is, since we bought those bacon-scented candles, male attendance is up 30%. <laughs> I can see that. All right. Another meeting. So that's four votes to approve the minutes and one vote to simply tolerate them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, next, you do realize that some people actually enjoy the greeting time. Looks like some kind of, yeah, right? Mask over his, yeah. Now we've got, this is a little bit hard to see, I think, from there. But this is one of those little, uh, what do you call it? The, the little spiral things where the money, you put the money in and it goes until it drops to the bottom. So they've kind of jazzed up the collection plate a little bit, looks like. That's eh, a chuckle. All right. We're first time visitors. Do you misinterpret scripture every Sunday or is this a special sermon series? <laughs> so much for first time visitors. All right. Next. According to the recent toxic substance inspection, they found asbestos in the sanctuary, lead paint in the basement, and a deacon criticizing your leadership in the adult Sunday school room. <laughs> and that's it. Um, we're at 1 John chapter 1, and uh, some of you were here last week, some of you weren't. It's Okay. Um, see here, a little. That means go. Um, what, I, what I'd like to do for a moment is to just just give a preview of what we did last week, a little bitty one, and then we're going to jump right into this. Um, so, this little book. Uh, ev evidently, there were some people uh, in, in uh, this church who had stirred up a lot of trouble. And basically, there are kind of two issues. One issue, apparently, some of these people uh, don't believe Jesus was really uh, flesh and blood. In fact, there were some people back in this time, here's the big word, docetism. Uh, but but that, that just means... Uh, that refers to a group of people who, who thought that Jesus just appeared to be human. He wasn't really human, just appeared to be. And one reason they, they thought that is because if you had Jesus as a, as a real human being, uh, man, I mean, he, that means he was tempted just like we are. That means that he suffered. That means that, uh, you know, going to the cross, I mean, what's that about? And so what they said was, you know, all that, Jesus just appeared to be human. He really wasn't. Okay. So we're going to jump into this book. And the first thing the writer's going to do is say, no, he was the real deal. He really was a human, human. He was God and, and, and a human being in the flesh, but he was, he was real human. And, uh, but then it seems like, uh, some of these people, maybe this same group, um, not only did they have this little quirky view about Jesus, but Apparently, they weren't the most loving people either. And apparently, they were a little bit fast and loose with some of Jesus' teachings. And so, these people apparently have left, okay? 
these people that stir all this up, have apparently left. And John is writing to these people who remain to basically encourage them and remind them of some vital signs. Okay. Um, let's start with, well, let's start with one. Let me read one through four, if you don't mind. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. You see that we, we saw him, we heard him, our hands touched. This we proclaim. This is what we're preaching concerning the word of life, referring to Jesus. The life appeared. We have seen it and testify to it. We and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. You ever seen two people that were married and you just kind of wondered how in the world did they get together? You ever seen people like that? Just yeah, I mean, maybe you were just around them for a little while and you go, wow, how did this happen? Yeah. You ever seen two people that got married and you just kind of thought, man, what do they do at home? Because it looks like in public they're about to kill one another. I mean, just, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it wasn't the fourth. It was the fifth. It, was, it wasn't John. It was Harvey. And just constantly, all that stuff and, and, and just kind of doing all that. I was thinking the other day, in fact, I was looking through, uh, what was I looking at? I was uh, looking at uh, something on my computer and I came across this folder of all these weddings I'd done. Oh my goodness. Um, Smith Goodwin, you know, Jones Stubblefield. And you know, there were a couple of those I looked, I thought, who are those people? I mean, some of them a long time ago. Well, you ever been around people who were married and you looked at them and you thought, oh my, that is the, that is the best thing. Like oh, there aren't any old people in here. So look, I'm going to talk about the old people for a minute. You ever been around some old people who were married and you just, you thought that is the sweetest little old man. That's the sweetest little old lady. They just seem to still love one another. Oh my, you, have you been around some people like that? Yeah. That's a real good analogy to this book. Um, sometimes, you know, you, 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 can, you can have these people, they're baptized, and then they're in church buildings for years and years and years. They come back. Uh, um, when do they come back? They come back. Uh, some of them don't, but, but they, you know, they, they, maybe they come back on Wednesday night. Maybe they come back at the next appointed time, whatever that is. Maybe they come back then. Um, and, but you're around some of these people and you think, man, how can you be this miserable and be in Christ? Now, don't look any, at anybody, but, <laughs> but you, ever, you know what I'm talking about? You just think, man, a guy looks like he's weaned on a pickle or something. I mean, how can somebody look that miserable and be in Christ? And then you're around some people. 
And you go, oh my goodness, if I could be like that man, if I could be like that woman, just something about her. Charlotte and I were sitting pretty near this fireplace. It was cold outside and Ray was in the rocker and Liz was at the end of the couch. And I think Charlotte and I were on the couch. They wanted us to come over. Ray was one of the elders at the church where I served there in Texas. And Liz looked at us and said, well, we got bad news today. My cancer is just spread everywhere, apparently. And she said, but I'll tell you what just what just really concerns me. And I said, Liz, what? And she said, I just don't want to miss this opportunity to somehow trust in God when I am full of cancer. I don't want to do this. I want to handle this in a way that would just honor the Lord. I thought, oh, my goodness. You know, I thought it's kind of like watching two married people and you think, oh, my goodness, they still love each other at 80, 90. Am I hearing things? Okay. Like what? Uh, Well, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know, Betty. I'm afraid to say. Uh, John writes this book because... He wants them to know not how to put in their time until the day of judgment. He wants them to know what it means to experience an intimate relationship with Christ. Verse uh, three, we proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the father and with his son, Jesus Christ. And he says, we write this to make our joy complete. Nothing would give us more joy than to know that. There are two big sections here in first John. We're going to look at the first one. We we started this last week. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Look at your sheet if you would today. Many people are indifferent toward the Christian faith. These people and many others are focused on the individual. The self is a, is floating free. This is Vaughn Roberts is a minister in uh, Great Britain, but he, he described the way we view ourselves today as I need to be floating free. In other words, I don't need to be attached to anything that could hold me back. I'm fine to be married to Charlotte right now. She's my present wife right now, but <laughs> But, uh, you know, I mean, if something else comes along and, you know, I mean, uh, you don't want to miss your one chance to live. Right. Uh, I know I made a business commitment with you, but (laughs) my goodness, how can I turn down an opportunity that's right in front of me? And so I don't want I don't want the self to be attached to, to whatever. I walk out on my children. I walk out on my spouse. I walk out on my company. Bottom line is. I am the autonomous self free to do what I need to do. That is the view of many, many people in this culture. John's going to talk about a different kind of self, a self where we reflect the character of God. And the first thing he says is God is light. 
Look at your notes again, God's character. This statement is a foundational theological premise for 1 John 1 and 5 through 3.10. When I, when I use that expression, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. When I use that expression, theological premise, well, what, what does that mean? So everything and everything we and everything about us as Christian people is built on this reality of who God is and what God has done. All that means when when something when something comes along uh, in your Bible that has to do with what we ought to do or what we ought to be, always ask yourself, how does this connect with the living God? That's what this means, theological. In other words, how does this connect with, some, with who God is or what God has done? Does that make any sense? Let's keep going. I, I see your eyes starting to blink. Okay. Um, the expression God is light probably refers to the ethical quality of God's life. This is an aspect of God's character that one might refer to as righteous. Let's read a little bit more. This is the message, verse five, we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. Probably that refers to like the, the ethical part of God. Okay. That God is righteous. All right. When you think of darkness or living in darkness, what words come to mind? Sin. Mary grabbed that word real quick. That's a great place to start. Sin. What else? What comes to mind? Evil. 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 What else comes to mind? Darkness. Fear. Blindness. Fear, blindness. What now? Loneliness. Loneliness. Y'all ever gotten lost in the dark? You thought you kind of knew where you were during the daytime, but you got in this part of town that you're not used to driving around in and you just kind of got turned around. You ever done that before? Oh my goodness. I mean, that's pretty easy to do when you're not used to, there, there, there is a kind of, of existence where you, you, you just kind of without direction. As a mama said to me one time about one of her sons, she said, Jim, he's just kind of lost right now. I mean, that boy didn't know which end he's up lost, living in darkness, living in darkness. Now, sometimes living in darkness, uh, what, what goes on in the darkness? You don't have to be graphic, but just in general, you don't go back. We can start with sin and evil again, but what go, what goes on in the darkness? Things you're not proud of, things you're not proud of Dennis. What else? Think things that would, things that would embarrass you. Um, Sometimes uh, we'll, we'll, I'll show you a quote later about this, but sometimes secrets go on in the dark, you know, secrets, uh, secrets that are not good. Uh, that goes on in the dark. Uh, sometimes, uh, you know, manipulative, ma manipulative behavior goes on in the dark. And when you when you hear about this, God is light. Let's live in light. What comes to mind? What word comes to mind there? Sunshine. Okay. Keep going. Love. Love. Keep going. Truth. Truth. Truth yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Clarity. Clarity. This sense that 
when you're living out in the open here that you, you, you are, there's a realness, there's a transparency, there's a genuineness you can have because you're living in the light of God. And you don't, you don't have to remember what lie you told yesterday. You, you, you're just you and, and you're trying to, you're, you're living in God's love and mercy for you. All right. And he's encouraging these people. Hey, you know, don't, don't get off over there in the darkness with this bunch. They hadn't found any. Go, go back to what you've been called to trusting God to live in the light. But, you know, he knows us, doesn't he? And 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 ha, ha, well, let's read. Look at uh, look at verse six. There are going to be some claims here. Watch for the word claim. If we claim, verse six, to have fellowship or shared life with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. The blood of Jesus' son purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Talk about the claims for a minute. How many are there? Did you see? You cheat and look for the word. Three. Okay. First claim, verse six, or you can look at your notes. Where am I? Um, you can look at your notes. Look at uh, under walk in the light. There's some warnings. This is halfway down your notes. If we say. But if we you see that where it says warnings, number one, if we say if we claim fellowship with God and yet verse six, what's the claim? If we claim to have fellowship or shared life with God, with Jesus, and yet what? And yet we walk in the darkness. Okay, we what? We lie and do not live out the truth. It's an interesting little phrase. So not, not only is the truth something to be known or, you know, but it's to be lived out, right? What's the second claim? Verse eight. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is what? Not in us. And, and, and 10, the third claim. If we claim we have not sinned, we make, him out to be, we make God out to be a what? A liar. And his word is not in us. All right. Let's, let's work with these for just a moment. Um, there was a little poll taken by Lifeway Research. I'm not sure the date of this poll, uh, but the, it's, the poll is all about Americans' view of sin, okay? Um, so 
Here are the statements. I am a sinner and I work on being less of one. You think a high number of people or low number of people would have said yes to that one. I am a sinner and I work on being less of one. High or low number, what do you think? All right, 34% of the people said, yeah, that's me. Second, I am a sinner and I depend on Jesus Christ to overcome sin. High or low number of people? Eh, 28%. Say, that's me. Third statement, sin does not exist. 10% of the people said, that's me. Fourth statement, I am not a sinner. 8%. How about this one? I am a sinner, and I'm fine with that. 5%. And here's, here's the one I think is interesting. I prefer not to say. 15%. <laughs> All right. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Let's think about what that might mean to walk in the darkness. Okay. And to walk in the light. Um, just walking in the light. If, if I walk or live Think, think in terms of lifestyle. If I live in the light, walk in the light, am I going to sin? Yeah. He's already said that, right? Right? Okay. Um, so if I, walk in, if, if I walk in darkness, if I walk in darkness, what's that like? What do you think of when you think of a person that, that just walks in darkness? You don't have to name anybody, but what, what do you think of? They're deceiving themselves. They're deceiving themselves? What else? Unhappy. He's unhappy. Uh, maybe unhappy. Maybe grinning, but maybe unhappy. What do you think of walking in the darkness? Separated from God. Separated from God. Okay. Going nowhere. Going nowhere. Okay. Oh. I used to work with a guy. Uh, he was in high school and uh, he told me one day, he said, you grew up in a Christian home, didn't you? And I said, yeah. And he said, well, I didn't. And all I know is what I saw and what everybody was around me. He said, I grew up, I, I would have sex with girls. That's what I did. He said, everybody I knew was having sex with girls, all, guys. All the guys I knew were having sex with girls. That is normal to me. That is normal to me. The darkness, the darkness, it's kind of like your eyes getting used to the dark. After a while, it just seems normal. Now, in, in contrast to these three claims, look at verse, uh, well, verse seven. Let's start with verse seven. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, 
We have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Oh, my goodness. There's a there's a way to live, a way to walk where apparently I'm I'm not perfect. Right. I've already said if you claim to have no sin. But at the same time, it's not the same as walking in darkness. Verse nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Um, one way to think about this particular text is this. The subject here is not perfection. That's not the subject. That's not what he's talking about. He is not talking about, you know, one of the things people will do today is not you, of course. But one of the things other people will do today is sometimes when you kind of want to hang on to a particular behavior that's wrong. What you do, if you're talking to somebody, you say, now, I'm not perfect. You know, I'm not perfect, which code sometimes means I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. But I'm not perfect. Perfection is not the issue in this text. Direction is the issue. What is the direction of my life? Let's just suppose for a moment, where could we go in Florida? You t- we were talking about Florida earlier. Where could we go? It's probably going to take it. Could go to the, uh, Pensacola. But what if we went down south a little bit? You want to go to Sarasota? All right, we're going to go to Sarasota, Florida, where hopefully it's warmer. Yes. Now, here's the deal. Would love for all of us to go. All of us to go. Together. And you say, my car won't. Well, OK, well, then we ride with somebody else. But we, we need to all go. To, let's all go together. We're all going to go to Sarasota, Florida. Just one car after the other. OK, we're all going to head in that direction. Now, what's going to happen on the way there? Flat tire. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, w- one of you are going to have a flat tire. Been there, done that. Been, been there, done that. Going to have a flat tire. Then we got somebody. We're going to have bathroom breaks, but one of you needed to go before we had the bathroom break. And so you exited off. And now we're not sure quite where everybody else is and kind of have to regroup. And then we're going to do that. And then, you know, somebody's trying to catch up with the group. You get a ticket. And, 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 and some of us, you know, we, we get about halfway there and we decide we may go see Uncle Bob instead of go to Sarasota. And I'm just going to exit. All kinds of mess going on. What happens is we, we're, we all are going to Sarasota. Is it pretty? Not always. I mean, we, we, you know, we're having to pull, pull, pull. Did you see Martha? I saw her at the last exit and we're trying to go circle back and go find her. You know, we're all headed. It's not perfect and it's sometimes not pretty, but we are going in the same direction. Now, on the other hand, if that if the whole bunch in here leaves, uh, people to pick. Uh, well, and, and these four right here are still here. Now, everybody else is gone, but these four are here. What are you doing here? Well, we don't want to go. Well, 
you, you got people like that. Everybody get this. You got people like that who are determined they're going to do what they want to do. That is life in darkness. When you're when you're headed in the right direction, there are some days would you just drive along? Isn't this fun? All these church people, we're all going to Sarasota together and love the Lord. Love you, Lord. And just, just all, you know, you're just, and then the next day, I can't believe you talked me into doing this. <laughs> and we have good days. We have not so good days, but we, everybody hear this. We do not stop. We continue going. We try to tell one another, we're not that far away. Just hang on. We're going to eat. We're going to go to the bathroom. Just we're you know what we do? We're trying to convince one another. Don't you quit. Don't give up. Now, this bunch over here, that's a different story because they're not going in. They're not going in the right direction. Now, in, John is saying when you're headed in the right direction, everybody get this. When you're headed in the right direction, don't you start thinking you're, you're just living the perfect life? You're not. If you don't know it, your spouse can tell you. And if you don't believe that, the good Lord sure enough knows that. I mean, he said, you know, don't claim to be without sin. You're not living the perfect life. Head in that direction. How do you know that you're walking in the light? How do you handle, how do you handle sin when you're walking in the light? How do you handle it? What time is it? How do you handle it? Look, your Bible. Look at uh, verse nine. You what? Confess. You confess, you confess it. That when you're headed in the right direction towards Sarasota, you're not trying to pretend, I got the best car out here. Well, I hadn't stopped yet. My tires didn't get flat. I'm just, you, you don't do that silly stuff. Sometimes you just mess up. Y'all ever just say all the wrong things and you hadn't even left the house for the day? He says the way you handle your sin is with a kind of transparency and honesty. You're not having to protect yourself and protect your pride. That you're living in the light. Why would you? That's a start on our end. Dennis? Mm -hmm. yeah, right? mm -hmm. And then they would they would come to me and we'd be talking and and they they would frequently have this overwhelming guilt. And I would explain to them that that's right. Mm -hmm. That's that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Your awareness and sensitivity right. to sin and your conscience working mm -hmm. is a sign that you're going the right direction. Mm -hmm. It's not the problem. Now if you're overwhelmed by the guilt and you want to give up, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Mm -hmm. But that's as good. long as you see it and you're confessing it and you're you're still going, yeah, that's the that's what should be happening. That's yeah. 
Yeah, very good. That, that, that sense of guilt in a way is kind of like pain for the human body. I mean, you know, if you were in trouble, pain can tell you something's wrong. And, you know, I'm making an appointment uh, with, he's not here tonight, Dr. Mullinex. I'm making an appointment. Something's wrong. I ache. Uh, and, and when I do wrong, that tells me I'm still alive. I'm, I feel guilt. What about, now that's, that's what we do when we walk in the light. We, we, we have, what does God do? Look, look at your Bible again. What does God do in all of this? Um, seven. Somebody read verse seven, if you would. What does God do? Yeah, forgives and purifies. In fact, the blood of Jesus, it's interesting, by the way, you know, he, he, he's already argued that Jesus really was, you know, something you could see and hear. And you could have taken a picture if you had your camera given, loan your camera to an apostle. But uh, he was that real. And now he's saying he had real blood. OK, there's, there's a sense in which the Jesus in his cross is, is, is purified us from all sin. What about uh, verse nine? He, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Wow. I remember hearing this pretty awful sermon one time and I've preached awful sermons, but but I heard one one time where this very well-meaning person was trying to illustrate uh, the need to you know, get your life together before uh, the end, before the judgment day. But what he said was, you know, on the day of judgment, you just picture that screen. What God is going to do is show the movie of your life and all that stuff you did. Let's just start with high school and then college. And then you were single and married. It's going to, you know, it's just kind of a shaming thing, you know, before everybody. Well, um, I hear that. But the problem is there is this sense in which um, as, as I'm living in the light, there is this constant forgiveness going on. Yeah. Constant forgiveness. Blood of Jesus Christ forgives us of all. Think of those. Uh, what's the, This is an old illustration, but it, it may still communicate. Kind of like windshield wipers just knocking that. The, the, the blood of Christ. I, I, the forgive. I'm, I'm being forgiven daily. You know, every once in a while, some of us will say, well, I in fact, I remember a lady that told me one time she said, I'm pretty sure God is holding this sin against me because I did this when I was, I think, a senior in high school. Well, you mean God is singling out that particular wrong. He's forgiven the others, but he's singling that one out. The truth is we are a forgiven people. As on our end, we confess and be honest about our sins and God through Christ is forgiving us all our mess. Some of us try to redeem ourselves. Okay. If you watch sports, got some eyes open on that one. If you watch sports, here is a receiver. Well, I saw this last Saturday. 
drops a sure enough pa touchdown pass, drops the ball in the end zone, had it in his arms and dropped it. So you know what the sports announcers are doing? <laughs> Can't believe he dropped it. Can't believe he dropped it. Five, ten minutes later, he catches this incredible pass <coughs> for a lot of yardage. And the, the announcer says he has what himself? Redeemed himself. Some of us view forgiveness kind of like the way sports announcers view the redemption of a receiver. You said some stuff at work you shouldn't have said. Can't believe you used that kind of language. So this coming Sunday morning when Buster Clemens asked for volunteers, you go up to him and say, I'm going to volunteer to help. Because you think that'll kind of offset what you did at work, you know. As one guy told me one time, Jim, surely that counts for something. I mean, you know, I, I do good. And don't that kind of offset the bad there? You know, kind of just. And so you just want to make sure you're constantly offsetting it. Now, some people view God kind of like that, that, that you're just basically kind of going back and forth, offsetting the bad days with, with these really good things. You know, I mean, I, I, act, I act rude to Charlotte. And so, you know, let's go out to eat your, your favorite place. So great. Redeem myself. Now, I just want you to know none of that, none of that is biblical. The redemption is not something I do. It's what God does and has done. Does that make any sense? The best thing you and I can do is surrender, not try to prove to God. So, so some of us view, you know, almost kind of like debits and credits. Or, uh, uh, you, you know, you got you got well, you, you've got this account and you've got all these expenses and you got you got, you know, your deposits. What do, you, what do you hope will happen in the end? The what? what? What do you? Yeah. You want your expenses to be kind of down. You want your, you want your the revenue be, deposits. Yeah. Well, you get in trouble if you start writing all these checks and you don't have enough money. No. There is no way that I can add to this. And so walking in the light, it's about being open and honest, confessing my sin. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Look, I want you to get up in the morning. I don't want you to think you can go to work and just kind of think that you've got this down and act like you want to act. That's not why I'm writing this to you. I'm not talking to you about your forgiveness so you can just kind of do what you want to do. But instead, he says, if anybody does sin, I want you to know that if anybody does sin, and we will, we have an advocate with the Father. I'm like an advocate in a court, court of law. We have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. And we'll look at this later. But he says, we know we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So you get up in the morning. You want to live in the light. Time to go to Sar where, was Sarasota. Is that where? Time to go to Sarasota. 
All of us headed in the right direction. What does he want me to do with my with my sins? My blowouts when I rear in somebody on the way to Sarasota. What does he want me to do with my sins? He wants me to confess them, to be to have an honesty about them. Now, we won't get in this tonight, but what else does he want? It's the verse we just read. He wants me to. Uh, starts with the letter O. Obey. Yeah. Um, you know, he said, I want you as you're going to Sarasota, I want you to trust me enough to be attentive to what I'm telling you. You think you're going in the right direction and it becomes all about you and all about what you want to do. And I think he would say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We may be getting off the road completely. He said, no. Obedience is not some kind of legalistic list. Obedience is trusting. Everybody get this. Trusting that God loves you enough to want to give you his best if you'll just listen to him and trust that he knows. A guy I know spoke last week to a group of young ministers in Dallas. Big, big group of young ministers. And um, he got back home and he received a note from one of these young ministers. And the note says, the, the, the guy I'm talking about was a speaker at this event. That the, he, he said, I, I loved your talk. I took notes in your talk, blah, 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 blah. But he said, you know what meant the most to me? He said, what meant most to me is on one of the breaks, all these people were going into the bathroom. And at one point, as you were, I think, washing hands, he was washing hands. He said to this person, as you were washing hands, you looked at me and called my name. And I was just so impressed you even knew or remembered who I was. First John, this first chapter, as John reminds these people, one of the vital signs is living in the light. As you're on this long, long, long journey to Sarasota, as you're on this long, long journey, do you know God knows exactly who you are and it matters to him who you are? It really does. And so that's enough for tonight, isn't it? It's cold. Let's, 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 let's quit. And if you want to read ahead, go ahead, go ahead and read. Uh, you, you could read the rest of uh, two. If you want to read the rest of the book, that's fine. You might read the rest of two. Uh, this could be pretty helpful as we think about starting a new year. Okay. So let's be done. Thanks for showing up tonight. Appreciate you being here.